Hello, everyone. It's Bruce Westfield coming to you live grind workshop podcast where you are motivated and inspired to be the best version of yourself. I'm excited today because, you know, I'm drinking my favorite coffee right now. And, you know, I'm definitely feeling good about, you know, my day because I had a chance to barbecue and, you know, make the kids happy. They were outside playing. But I also woke up excited this morning because I get an opportunity and the privilege to interview a gentleman that I've seen for a while. I've met him. We used to work together at a, at a church in San Diego, and he's gone on to do some big things. He's making some big moves in his life. And you can almost see somebody make the transition from one place to the next if you just pay close attention to him and you slow down and you start to realize that mindset changed. Something happened with that person. Well, today, I want to bring up a gentleman that has the light bulb just clicked and switched on, and he's killing the game. His name is Ricky Gallardo. Ricky, you there, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Bruce. How's it going? Thanks for having me. The privilege is mine. Thank you again. Man, I'm excited to have you, man. And, you know, I'm pretty sure that people are going to want to know a little bit about you. Uh, first, tell them a little bit about you, where you're from, what you're all about, and that way... We can kick it off from there. Perfect, perfect. Well, as Bruce said, my name is Ricky, last name Gallardo. And, um, yeah, just, you know, started off as the average Joe. Grew up, didn't really grow up with the family kind of thing. Grew up in foster care majority of my life without parents or such. Um, and uh, as a teen, noticed, hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not that average guy that just wants to work a normal job. I, I'm just too much for some places. And so, you know, my mindset changed. And because of that, you know, I'm blessed and I'm able to definitely, you know, I've been traveling the world, um, doing speaking engagements. I've been killing it online. I my, Just the bulb, you know, lit and everything clicked and then aligned itself. Um, and that's basically it. That's my rundown. Started off as a, as a janitor um, in a church. And that was for about two months. And I don't really consider it a job because I didn't show up almost the whole time I was employed there. I just would go out and surf. And uh, so that's the one and only job I've had. But yeah, that's basically my rundown to where I am now. Um, so that's it for now. That's cool, man. And you know, and a lot of people don't know this, but that you grew up in the foster care system. And a lot of people that grew up in the foster care system, a lot of them, when they start to get older, obviously they have a lot of issues, you know, when they become an mm -hmm. adult. And, you know, and they have to learn how to deal with those things. And some people don't know how to work them out, but it seems like for you, that seemed like a motivating factor to help kind of like launch you forward, you know, and, and not being a victim. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, Bruce, well, you know, I do believe growing up in the foster care system, I have, I have six sisters and, and above all of them, you know, my siblings, I can, I can see that in some of my siblings as well, where it's like, you know, that thing kind of hinders them and it still hunts them. And I chose you know, to not be a victim of that. I said, you know what? I'm not going to let someone else's mistakes, you know, dictate or determine where my future is going to be. And because of that, I was able to say, you know what? The best thing I can do to become a better me is to forgive. I know that's so cliche and it sounds cheesy, but I had to forgive. You know, I had to forgive my parents for the, you know, the decisions they made that had consequences because every action is going to have consequences to them. And so, yeah. You know, I just chose to forgive them. And, and that's why I was able to overcome 
those circumstances and those things that people would say, hey, barriers, I just looked at them as, you know, like they say, you have to get pulled back to be launched forward. And so that's what I let it do for me. That's that's just exactly what I had to do. And forgiveness is not really easy, you know, especially when you, uh, you know, you look at the, the sins of the fathers and the mothers, right? And having to walk and live that out. And now you're an mm-hmm. adult. Most right, people right. that are an adult now, obviously you're in your 20s right now. There are a lot of 20, mm-hmm. 30 year olds right now that are mad at their parents because of, you know, and they weren't even abandoned to the childcare system, you know? What mm-hmm. they're mad about is things that, that they didn't get as a result of where they are today. And a lot of them don't want to forgive those people. What would you say to somebody who hasn't maybe necessarily been in the system like you have, but they're struggling to forgive other people and it's hindering them being able to get the success that they want in their life? Right. Well, first suggestion would be go talk with somebody that is in the child care system, you know, or one thing that I did is when my father was in prison for, you know, six to 10 years that he spent there, uh, I, I went over when I was in prison and I was talking to him and I learned, I, I took notes of everything he said and I remember I was 12 or 13 and I said, you know, these are the things that my dad tells me that he regrets. And I would ask everyone, what do you regret? What do you regret? Mm-hmm. And I'd write it down. And to this day, I still have, you know, this notebook where I wrote down all these things with their names and the date that I wrote it down of things that people said they regret. Um, I don't know where that idea came from. It just came to me and I'd write it down. And I think I was just so, as a young child, I was so disturbed and emotional and I let my emotions hinder me. And so when I would read that, hey, you know, I have to let my emotions not, you know, guide me. And I would suggest to every single one of those people saying, hey, you know, I'm pissed off at this. I'm upset at this. I'm upset at that. It's, you got to learn one day that you are your worst enemy. And if you can't forgive somebody, that's not on their shoulder. That chip is on yours. Mm. And the only person that it does damage to is yourself. And you have to wake up every morning. You have to look yourself in the mirror when you're brushing your teeth and say, hey, you know what? At the end of the day, everyone makes mistakes because I'm certain that there's somebody out there that probably can't forgive you for something. And I had to tell myself that too, is, hey, I have to forgive myself just that, you know, I'd, I'd forgive anyone else. And so that's just the way it goes. And that's my suggestion to anyone. Ask, ask these people that are in Polinsky Center. They have a group homes. You know, hey, how's your life? And, and see their emotion. And then ask yourself, hey, is it, is it worth holding this grudge? Because if you can't let go of that grudge, how do you expect the blessing to be, you know, released onto you? So that's that's just my suggestion for anyone that that's going through that. Yeah. And, you know, and, and once we forgive and once we're able to kind of let the past be the past, then we move on to the next phase. It's about mm-hmm. rediscovering or discovering who you are. Because once you discover mm-hmm. who you are and then you learn the importance of your gifting and and the call that you have on your life and everything else, then what takes place? Like, imagine a couple years ago, obviously, you've, mm-hmm. you've been successful these past couple of years and you've, you've seen success, but something had mm-hmm. to happen. You know, you had to look at your safe, yourself in the mirror and something had to come over you to get you to understand who you are, what you're called to do, what you are to do. Go back to that, Ricky. What is that, Ricky, telling what is that Ricky telling people today? Yeah, well, I had to deal with my personal issues. I had to accept the fact that I was a screw up. I had to accept the fact that I had issues. Not that the world is a messed up place, although it may be, 
But I had to accept the fact that, yo, Ricky, you're making the mistakes. Ricky, your decisions got you to where you are, where you're at at that moment. Yeah. Ricky, if you don't change that, you're not going to move on and you're not going to go anywhere. And that, that, those nights of tears and just frustrations and trying to blame everyone else, I just had to accept the fact, you know what, dude, it's your fault. Mm. You are, you are in control of that. You are in control of your emotion. You're completely in control of everything that has to do with Ricky. And so I accepted that. And that's a hard pill to swallow. But I feel that if I didn't accept that and didn't swallow that pill of pride and ego, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't have been the first person in my family to break that that generational curse of just, you know, just all of them being broke, everyone dealing with poverty, living paycheck to paycheck. I couldn't do that. And so that's the one thing I had to do was swallow the pill and accept the facts because it's black and white. There's no gray. Yeah. It was just black and white for me. So you had to take personal, you had to have personal accountability. Like, and when we say personal accountability, it's more like, look, if anybody's going to hold me accountable, I need to hold myself accountable first. Absolutely. Definitely. If I don't hold myself accountable first, how do I expect anybody else to hold me accountable if I can't hold myself mm-hmm. accountable first? And Absolutely. a lot of people think that it's the, the this other way around, like, I need to be accountable to somebody. No, because you, you have to get to a point where you're good with you and you're comfortable enough mm-hmm. to have that accountability because if you don't, then you never will accept accountability. Absolutely. Definitely. And I had friends, you know, tell me all the time, you know, oh, you need an accountability partner. Growing up in the church, everyone says, find yourself an accountability partner, you know, the whole nine yards. And I agree with that. But first, if I, like you said, Bruce, if you're not willing to call yourself out, you won't accept it from anyone else, whether your best friend, a sibling, a parent, you won't accept it. It's just words going through one ear and out the other. You have to be able to tell yourself, hey, dude, you're messing up. Fix it. So once we get to that personal accountability, then we can lead, we can move on to the next phase of our life. Once we have the personal mm-hmm. accountability, then we have a circle. We have the circle mm-hmm. of people that we surround ourselves with that can help either grow and shape the world that we want to have, the lifestyle that we want to have, or we want to stay in that little bubble where everything's comfortable and mm-hmm. you don't accomplish anything. Talk about that bubble. Talk about those bubbles. That's huge, Bruce. I mean, that's one of those things that I still, that actually I really thought about. And, you know, every day I wake up, I, I, I try reading books. And that's my biggest thing is I, I pour into books. I read my word every day. You know, I, I'm not a super hyper spiritual person anymore, you know, but, but I do. I know, you know, when you know, you know, the facts are facts. And so when I wake up every morning and I was thinking this the other night was before I went to bed, the biggest mistake I made with my circles was trying to mold an employee mindseted person into an entrepreneur, right? The word entrepreneur gets thrown around so much. It's just, it's, it's heard everywhere. And people don't really know what the true definition of an entrepreneur is, you know, and circles play the biggest role on your success because, you know, they say, Hey, if you, if if you want to run fast, run by yourself, you want to run far, run with the team. And so I, got my first group of guys that said hey i'm launching this company you know the whole nine yards let's do it and i got all these people that had jobs and i said i want you to quit your job and then i found myself having to do all the work because they needed somebody to lead them and so i got rid of that circle and they were all friends the second circle another batch of friends five six guys 
um, came around. I said, hey, you're welcome to my house anytime. Let's run an office in here. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Same exact thing within the four, first four to five months. And I learned, Bruce, you can't force somebody to want success. You can't force anybody to want better for themselves. Some people are comfortable with that nine to five job. You know, if I was a surgeon and I didn't drop out of high school and all this, I'd probably be a little comfortable with my job. But the thing is, it's for some people and it's not for others. Now, I was trying, like I said, I was trying to mold leaders. um, And this is the thing, you can't mold a leader that doesn't want to lead. They're just not called to be leaders. And I, I struggled with that. And so I told myself, you know, which is the circle I have now, I said, any person that gets involved in business I do has to be leading already. That way, I don't have to babysit. That way, I don't have to say, hey, you have to get on top of your stuff because they already know. You know, you, they don't wait for orders. They don't clock in. They don't clock out. Right. This is a 24-hour lifestyle, 24-7, you know. Um, and and people sometimes aren't willing to pay the price or do what it, what it costs to remove that people from your life. Because my first circle was about partying. It was about drinking. It was like, yeah, man, we did our work. Let's go reward ourselves with, you know, a couple shots and have a good night. And that's not the lifestyle that I live. And I had to tell myself, hey, you know, I started letting these people influence me. When in reality, they were just waiting for me to influence them. And sometimes you have to you have to be willing to take the baton and say, you know what, I'm going to run this race by myself. And people are going to see how hard I work and they're going to jump on. And they're going to want to run beside me, not behind me. Yeah. And um, that's, that's basically the importance of circles is just know, hey, who you sit, her, hang out with, who you surround yourself with, is who you ultimately are or are going to be. You hang around a bunch of junkies, you're going to be a junkie. You hang around a bunch of drunks, you're going to be a drunk. You hang around a bunch of people that just want to party all day, all night. Hey, it's just going to come. That's just what happens. Um, and some of us don't want to admit that. Oh, I'm not going to do that ever. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Those are just my friends. A couple months, you catch yourself doing it. You let yourself go. And that's just facts, Bruce. That's that's what happened in my circles. And so why I say that now than I did three years ago is I didn't go looking for people to help them. I, I let people come into me that already helped himself because I'm not I'm not a doctor Phil. I'm not a therapist that can sit here and say, let's sit down, let me fix your problems. No, you have to deal with your own problems on your own. And when you're ready to join the team, it's not a babysitting session. It's it's grind time, you know? Yeah. So basically what you described is the, the three circles that I, I've been talking to people about for a while. You have the <laughs> spectators, you have the followers, and then you mm-hmm. have the influencers. Where mm-hmm. 60% of the people that are around you are spectators. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then you have your thirty percent, which are your followers, <clears throat> and then the mm-hmm. last ten percent, uh, the the other circle is your influencers. And I think mm-hmm. when people get it confused, is they think some of the people who are in other circles might belong in another circle, but yet we're not correctly defining what correct circle they should be in. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah, like yeah. When, you, when you had those two two circles that fell through the cracks. I bet, mm-hmm. I bet you can look at all the people in the circle, right? And you can think, man, they were really a spectator. Mm-hmm. They were really a follower. They weren't about Absolutely. that life. They weren't about influencing nothing. They weren't about taking the, the baton and taking it to the next level or trying to get themselves to the next level. They were mm-hmm. looking at me to see what I was going to do. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. You know, that's funny. That's funny because... That's powerful what you preach there, Bruce. You know, teaching that, that's huge because when you started saying those three things, 
it's sad to say, but you can label it. You can put them all in a circle. And it, it hurts, but it's the truth, you know? So that's, that's some powerful stuff you're saying there, Bruce. Man, just saying, man. So now you have, you've done away with the two groups. You're doing right, right. your thing. I see you online. And I see you posting. You say, hey, man, if you guys need help. And I know you cast in the net. And then people don't catch on, you know? Like, there's mm-hmm. still people yeah. that think it's skeptical. People think that, oh, well, you know, what are you all about? And, and they think that you're trying to, to, they think that you're trying to get something from them, but you're really trying to get something to them. Explain mm-hmm. the principle behind trying to get something <clears throat> to somebody versus trying to get something from them. Well, here's the thing, Bruce, and I love that you, you talk on that subject. And because the reality and the sad truth is, and I go always back to, you can't, you can't force anyone to want success for themselves. Everyone wants to live a great life. Not one person wants to worry about their bills. Not one person wants to live a life where they have to look over the shoulder and say, hey, I don't have money for this month's bills or this month's rent or this month's whatever it may be. And when I cast that net, and it's not even, I wouldn't even consider it a net. It's, it's like walking to a shelter and putting down a bowl of food and, and the dogs that are starving don't want to come up and eat because they're just afraid. You know, the things that they've been through, the trauma that they've experienced, the abuse or whatever it may be. Everyone goes through things in life, right? Mm-hmm. And so the thing that I started catching on to is I told myself, you, you never force anyone to jump into something because you're going to have a bigger headache dealing with them down the line. And they have to be willing. And so I always can say, I want to help somebody change their life. The reason why I say that, Bruce, is because no one did that for me. Except a handful of people said, hey, man, I want to help you change your life. Yeah. Hey, man, I know you've had this, this rough start, but I want to see you grow. I want to see you prosper. And I have two people that I can look back at and maybe three that say, hey, I'm happy for where you are. I've seen you grow. I've seen your, you know, see your growth. And when you reach out to me, Bruce, that's the first thing you said. He said, hey, I've seen you when you were in your ruts and I see you in your riches. And it's a great thing to see. And I appreciate that. And so that's what I want for the other people that get involved. And when people get involved, everybody says, says, oh man, so when can I start? I want to do all this stuff for free. And I said, okay, cool. But this is what it costs you to get started on your store. Like you have to pay your your store, right? But internet's not free and all these things, right? And, And but the thing is, no one is willing to invest in themselves to become better. They want others to invest in them. And they're not willing. It's not even a risk, but they're not willing to go through the growing pains because they're comfortable. And comfort kills, Bruce. And we all see it. Some of us say, hey, you know what? I, I like working my nine to five. I'm getting paid $13, $14, $15 an hour. But, you know, it's, it's just each individual on their own traumas, everything they've been through. Some people have been scammed out of things that they see on the internet. You know, I can't I can't take that from them. I can't say, hey, you know, this is different. I just have to let these people know, hey, you're getting, you, you know, this is just what it is. Here's the facts. Yeah. Lay all the cards out on the table and you decide. Right. And you can't force them. You got to th- give them the option. And if they jump, mm-hmm. you help them jump. If they <clears throat> jump, cool. You wait until the mm-hmm. day and when they're ready. And if they're never ready, okay, that's you right yeah mm-hmm. absolutely so absolutely so last thing is what is some advice to somebody you said you would you would what what is a piece of advice you would give to someone who is skeptical about taking that next step when they know what they're called to do when they know what they need to do 
versus their current circumstance. What would you tell that person that wants to jump, but they don't know how to jump? Like, what would be the last piece of advice you'd give them? You know, the, the, the funniest thing is, um, you can always say, you, you can, this is the thing is I always love to use this little analogy and story, right? If you put a, you put a frog inside of a boiling pot of water or a pot of water, and you start to boil it. The frog's body adjusts to the temperature. And I'm certain that some people have heard it, you probably heard it as well, Bruce, the, the frog in the, or the toad or whatever you may put in there starts to adjust to the temperature. And the thing is when they're adjusting and they're getting comfortable with the temperature, when the water's getting warmer and warmer, to the point to when the water's already boiling, this, this frog has already adjusted and got comfortable and, and it got accustomed to the water temperature. But what happened was the frog used all of its energy, right? Went through, and I like to say, went through all this BS, went through all these things, but they got comfortable. They just said, hey, this is just where it's at. That when the water got boiling, they didn't realize that the water was really killing them, but they wasted all their energy, which I say is life. You wasted your whole life telling yourself, it's okay here, I'm gonna be okay. That you no longer have energy to jump out the, out the pot. You know, and, and that's the true thing. It's so many people will say, you know, it's just, it's temporary. This, this, what I'm going through is temporary, which may be true, but you have to take that step. You know, someone's not going to walk up to you and say, here, man, here's a hundred thousand dollars. Get your life started. You know, that's some people say, yeah, but that happens. Yeah. But what is it like? How likely is it to happen to you? You know, and when it comes to jumping and to just going for it, you have to really understand people undervalue the fact that they really only have one life. You know, I, I, I attended my uncle's funeral literally this morning, a few hours ago. And um, it's, it's funny because we all sit there and I see everyone crying and, and I'm not that much of an emotional person. And I say, you know what? This is a man that had an amazing life, but threw it all away because he was comfortable. And the only person that paid the consequences to that was his children, was his wife that sat by his, by the casket crying. My family that sits here and says, hey, he was one of the most successful people growing up. He threw it away because he got comfortable. He was complacent. And one thing I remember my uncle telling me, you know, a couple months back, he had dementia. He just, he was going really, it was really bad. And he told me months ago before he got diagnosed with all that, he says, you know, in Spanish, he says, never be afraid to, to leap forward even though you know the consequences may come with it. And I didn't know what the heck that meant to me. It just sounds like a bunch of gibberish, right? This is old gent and my uncle. And it, and it hit me when I'm at the funeral this morning. And it says, and I tell my cousins there and I say, you know what? All of you guys have been comfortable with your jobs. All of you guys have know that there's someone in your family that has a key to success, to answers to your problems, which always comes down to financial stuff. But none of you reach out to me. Mm. And... It's sad, honestly, Bruce, because I'm one of the only persons in my family that I'm, I'm the first millionaire in my family. I'm the first person to have broke those that cycle of poverty and growing up ghetto, just being in the hood, selling drugs and gangs and all that stuff. I'm the first person in my family to break that. And, you know, like I said today, looking at my uncle in his casket, it was an eye opener. It says, you know what? Thank God I took that step. Thank God I quit that job as a janitor and suffered for a year and a half and cried weekly. And as a man, you're afraid to say, hey man, I was crying and this and this and that. But I cried every week like, man, how am I gonna get through this? I'm so broke. My car's about to get repossessed. I have nowhere to live. Um, 
I can't afford anything. I literally could not afford anything. But I was still hanging out with friends not doing anything. And so the, the advice I would always give is just take that jump, take that leap, because next thing you know, you're in a casket. And the only person that deals with that stress once you're dead is your family trying to pay for an overpriced funeral, trying to pay for an overpriced box that rots under the ground. And, you know, so that's just that's just the analogy I would, I would always say. Don't get too comfortable and be willing to move. You have one life. I'd rather make a million mistakes in this life, this one life I have, and have one success than to, to never have taken any chance, you know? Man, that was a lot of truth to that, brother. Yo, so as you heard it, Ricky dropped some bombs in the interview. He was talking about the struggle. He was talking about the circles. He was talking about the advice he would give to somebody who knows that they want to be successful, but yet is afraid to jump and leap and take that risk. But life is all about risk, everyone. Life is all about taking that step. It doesn't matter where you are in your mm-hmm. life. It doesn't matter what you do. You're always going to have to take risk in something you do. So why not take mm-hmm. that risk in the calling that's on your life or the call that you feel that you know you're supposed to fulfill? So, Ricky, how do they find you if they want to know more about you, man? Well... I mean, my personal social media is obviously, so it's just Ricky Gallardo, which is my Instagram. That's one I really pump off of. My Facebook, which is also Ricky Gallardo. Ricky is with the IE at the end, not a Y. Um, that's it. You know, that's that's the social platforms. You reach out to me and I always reach you back. That's what it is. I like to be very personal and, um, you know, talk with the people. That's just what I do. That's what's up, man. Well, Ricky, thank you so much for joining us today and as part of this interview, man. Grind Workshop Podcast is always about motivating and inspire you to be the best version of yourself. Hope you pulled out some nuggets from this interview. And uh, I'm looking forward to adding value to you each and every time that we get on here. Hope that you got something and uh, we'll see you next time. You guys enjoy the rest of your day.